Welcome to Talking Turns, where we take turns talking, and the talk takes a turn. My name is George Knapp. And I'm Lacey Polkadot Princess Atkinson. Just a friendly reminder, this podcast is rated M for Mature because it contains adult themes and language. It may not be suitable for people under age 18. Again, this podcast is for adults only. Hey, Lacey. Hey, George. So, okay, we um, this is part two of our uh, abortion series. So we started off with our monologues. And uh, interestingly enough, we got to a, I believe, uh, we got to a similar place uh, in the end, but we took completely different paths, and that's why we we do this thing uh, to get there. So that's that's interesting. I think what we agreed on, I'll cover that because to have a dialogue, I think there has to be a starting point of at least some level of agreement, if even if that agreement is to disagree. But we both, I believe, agreed, did we not, that government control over a woman's body is a bad idea? Absolutely, terrible idea. I think that uh, we agreed it's not only a difficult topic to discuss, it's also a difficult situation to be in in one's life. I mean, I don't even like talking about it right now, but it has to be done. Then I think we also agreed that that another place to put a lot of energy would be to help improve the lives of kids that are, are alive, kids that are already on the planet living. That's correct as well, right? Agreed. So those are three things we, we definitely agreed on. Some areas where we might diverge, I think would include just kind of a whole overall ethical moral view my discussion was more, I think, um, kind of just scientific, a logic tree, kind of boring. Um, Lacey's was self-admittedly um, from the heart. Emotional. Or emotional. <laughs> Always. <laughs> we may or may not be able to get into an interesting discussion about when does uh, life actually begin, the whole heartbeat question, and, uh, and, and I guess our, how our approaches kind of developed and, and how we did end up kind of in the same place from different angles. So... That's where we're going to go. I don't know uh, where to go from here, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Lace, and let you um, kind of guide us through this. Sure. So when we were kind of – we didn't listen to each other's monologues before we recorded them. So we went back and listened to them, you know, right before this, so it was fresh for us. There are a few things that I kind of scratched down while we were listening, and I I was just kind of thinking of some questions that I have is um, abortion – because of prenatal testing. So, you know, when when you're going to the OBGYN, they always ask you at a, a certain time along, would you like us to do this testing? And for me, the answer was always, absolutely not. Because if I have a child, I want the child however however it turns out to be. Um, I, I'm not going to abort a baby because you see some certain anomaly. Um So what do you think of that, George? What's your opinion on um, prenatal testing and abortion following that testing based on the results? That's interesting because I see it from a couple different viewpoints. I think I mentioned in the uh, interview podcast, um, episode two, I believe it was, uh, my sister contracted a disease after she was born that severely impacted her life and the lives of her family. Right. So growing up in that scenario, you know, one of my instincts is to say, hey, be a little bit careful about what you choose because you might be biting off more than you can chew. 
And it's, it's uh, just because something's difficult doesn't mean morally or ethically you should or shouldn't take the easy way out. But I think it's also naive to think that people are emotionally and physically capable of right. dealing with those kind of situations. One of the things we talked about off mic was that I have this concept that I've been talking about a lot lately called Everything Has a Cost or a Price. The Book of George. The Book of George. And there's a social cost. So it's one thing to, you know, it sounds nice to say, well, I, w- I would step up and take care of a child no matter what defects they had or no matter what medical costs would be or no matter how difficult it would be for my other children or, or for society in general. My response to that is, have you really thought that through? Has society thought that through? Is it an absolute? You know, like everything else in life, there's some gray area. And I think that yeah. that uh, it's it's not an absolute. I mean, if it costs millions and millions of dollars to keep a child alive for six weeks and that child perishes anyway, and the mother and the, and the rest of the family and people go through all kinds of literal hell on earth. Is um, the suffering worth it? Is the suffering really worth it just to make a point? to some extent. So it, you know, and you can say, well, you know, no outcomes are 100% certain. Doctors make claims of people's death all the time and the people don't die. Well, those are anecdotal. Those are, you know, those are one in a million, one in a hundred thousand, you know, sure. That, those are going to happen. But, you know, I'm a, again, I'm a math guy. I play the odds. If, if three doctors say this baby's not going to make it, or this baby might make it for a week and it's going to cost the hospital millions of dollars, I would rather that hospital set up a charity for a million dollar college fund for kids in Darlington. So, um, but where do you draw the line with that, George? Because what if it's, you know, what if they say this child is going to have Down syndrome? You know, I've seen very productive Down syndrome grown up adults, um, you know, they're, that are just doing amazing in life. And what if that child had been aborted because the parents thought it would be too difficult. And then this child turned into the the absolute joy of their life and is a productive member of society. Well, yeah. And, and I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with any of that other than to say now then you are, if you believe that the choice is ultimately up to the woman, which is what I believe you said in your monologue, right? then I think now you're talking about decision-making qualifiers. So I would right. put that into the box of decision-making qualifiers. So while the woman is making her decision, that's her decision and her decision alone, those are the kind of things she should weigh. It's easy for you to say, George, because you're a male and you don't have to make that decision, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't be affected by that if my wife, girlfriend, sister, daughter um, was making that decision, I would emotionally be impacted by it. I would support whatever decision she made. There is some impact there. George just got a text that apparently was more important than this podcast. No, it was my Breathe app, which I hate. And, yes, um, George, please breathe. because My is, phone is in airplane mode. You can verify that by the little airplane, and I don't a, know why it went off. It's anymore, a heavy so. topic. Please breathe, George. So anyway. Okay, so that brings us to, um, oh, another thing. So I'm kind of compartmentalizing, I guess, to summarize. I know right. I've gone long here, but just quickly, because I'll edit some of this. Quickly, to summarize, I just want to say that I'm kind of starting to compartmentalize this discussion a little bit into the woman's right to make the choice versus the box of things that she should consider while making her choice. You follow me? I do. But, okay, so if we're going to say prenatal testing, okay, and then we can decide that we're just going to abort whatever kid that we didn't think is perfect, you know, what about the mom who says, okay, well. Gender. 
gender or this child is going to have brown hair and I would like a blonde haired, blue eyed baby. You know, there has to be a line that we draw there. And, you know, our, our medical capabilities are just, I mean, we're just advancing so quickly. How do we not end up with custom made genetically altered children if we're going to say, okay, we can test and then pick and choose which ones we want to actually come to fruition or not. Okay. I think that first we need to have a little bit of more faith in humanity than you have right now, which is (laughs) fucking (laughs) shocking that George Knapp is telling Lacey Atkinson. That is unbelievable because George hates people. Turning the tables on you and saying, have some faith in humanity because, you know, you're miss all kindness and blah, 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 happy bullshit. And I'm always the fucking people suck, suck, suck. Humans really suck. And we swap positions And we totally flipped the table on that. But no, seriously, I think that there's a couple components to that. First of all, most people, most reasonable people, I think the average person, no, does not want really in their heart of hearts really want a designer baby. The other thing is I think there's education involved there. I think that designer babies, the big problem with designer babies is what makes any species, human or otherwise, strong is diversity. So you start to make choices. It turns into a Hitler-esque type of uh, um, Aryan race thing. Now you find out that, oh shit, by the way, the ozone layer starts to deplete again because of some other reason that's probably going to be man-made as usual. And all these fair people are going to die of skin cancer and us nicely brownish, olive-skinned, tannable people will just sit there and laugh at all the blonde people and say, well, they're, you know, good thing your parents designed you to fail. Congratulations. I just have faith it'll work itself out one way or the other. Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh at George too much. He's, even though it's a very sensitive subject, he just makes me laugh because of the the way he brings about uh, his approach to subjects. Okay, so well, if I don't laugh, I cry, and you really don't want to see me cry. No, it's ugly. I get a, I have an ugly crying face. Oh my gosh. Okay. You think my you think my laughing face is ugly? Just you haven't seen my. Oh, your face laughing yet. face is sweet, George. Uh, All right, so let's bring it back to some serious stuff now. Let's talk about cutoff time for abortion. Like, how late is too late? Because I have seen an embryo fetus. You know, I've seen them at at different stages of development um it's hard to talk about it um I'm trying not to cry when I talk about it because I've held them in my hand and at the stage of development they are they look perfect to me so the question is what what where do we cut off the time for you know to say this is too far along you know do we have a 34 week baby that could survive and thrive and yet it is aborted and then the nurse has to take whatever measures to end the baby's life. So I hate absolutes. But there has to be one here. To me, it's gun control all over again. And when I say that, what I mean is that people want to draw these hard lines and say, okay, well, you can't own a nuclear weapon. I'm like, I want a nuclear weapon. Why can't I? Okay, if if there's this unbridled right, which there isn't, to own weapons, then why can't I have a nuclear weapon? And everybody says, well, you're just being ridiculous. I love okay? you, George. I'm waiting for this just to come back absolutely, around the you're just hap- you just You're just being ridiculous. So I say, okay, well, then why, if that's ridiculous, then why isn't a fully automatic weapon that's designed for defensive military purposes not ridiculous? Let's bring it back. How does this so, relate to the baby? Help so, me out so, here. Okay. So th- it's the same exact argument. 
Okay, there are no absolutes. But so we have to have so, an absolute in order to draw a line medically. Right. So there's this thing called common sense. Okay. If you look at the polling data, I, we, we used to live in a democracy once, and so if you look at the polling data since Roe v. Wade, actually the year before Roe v. Wade through today, the polling data has been very, very consistent. 11 to 13 percent of the people say that abortion should be illegal under all circumstances. Okay. Okay. In that 80 plus percent, there's two camps. There's a camp that says abortion should be legal under all circumstances and a camp that says abortion should be limited to some extent. Okay. Okay. So you follow me? I follow you. So roughly 12% of the people in the country since 1970 <laughs> have said under no circumstances. The other 88% has said either under every circumstance, it's up to the mom, or they've said there should be some restrictions. Okay. okay. So the reason I'm saying it's gun control all over again is people in that middle category are, are trying to say, hey, yeah, there's a point where I'm uncomfortable. There's a point where... You know, the mom should have either made the decision sooner or someone's going to have to murder this child outside of the womb. Exactly. To to kind of use, paraphrase what you were trying to say. Without saying it that um, way, yes. And that's not comfortable for anybody. So let's avoid that. So what is that? And so I think that it can, I think that can be determined. I think there can be agreement. I think there can be debate. I think there can be scientific studies done. I think there can be a lot of things done that could support a number and not everybody's going to like the number just right. like not everybody's going to like the number the place where we draw the line on gun control it makes no sense not to have a line i agree with that but i think that that typically the line's probably in my case is going to be further based on what you said than your line so i don't know how many mm. weeks i don't oh, know how many weeks george just tell me and i just i'm just curious because how many kids do you have five naturally? kids and five grandkids Okay. Biologically, two of my kids are Biologically, two. Okay. So you... And I watched both of them being born. Okay. So... And I watched other children being born. Yes. So just give me just a, maybe kind of an idea of how many weeks along you think, based on your knowledge, how many weeks along would be the cutoff point? I honestly don't have an opinion because it's not okay. properly informed. I would say that... Um, for sure, any artificial form of keeping the whatever you want to call it, baby, fetus, whatever. I'm going to use the term baby. Alive means that, okay, it's not, that's literally not viable. Whether it's heart's beating or not, once it once the, the cord's cut or once it's out of the womb, if it can't survive, it can't survive. So I guess I'm comfortable drawing the line somewhere around then. Okay. So I don't, you know. So you're probably saying so, no life-saving measures after maybe 34 weeks. If that's, probably. If that's, that, I, I was thinking it was going to be in the mid to high 20s, but I'm not a medical expert, so I can't, right. you know. So, yeah. So we're in the same ballpark. Let's say, let's split the that's, difference. That's Call what you're 30 saying. Weeks. Okay, yeah. 30 weeks. And mine was much younger than that. Yeah, yours was like four, six, eight. 24 weeks. Okay, okay. Uh, 24. No. Yeah. No. Yep. Yep, I thought because, you said heartbeat. Um, well, and isn't heartbeat like four weeks or six weeks? I'm not weeks saying. Eight weeks? Now, I didn't say okay. that that didn't mean the baby was alive. Okay. I said that was the cutoff point for abortion. Okay. Now, right. I still believe that we are killing a living being. Okay. But as far as its ability to sustain life outside mm -hmm. of the womb, right. I'm saying about 24 weeks. Okay. So 
if you're past 24 weeks, I say no. Okay. And you say without life-sustaining measures. Right. So, And I'm all about if you're past And I don't mean life-sustaining as in um, bathing, nursing, and... You know, obviously, all children. I said that in my monologue. Mm-hmm. You I mean, mean putting the baby no, on vent, no, ECMO, right? Right, exactly, kind of exactly. Yeah, I mean, no baby can survive on its own outside the womb, right? For the first uh, eighteen to thirty years, depending on what sample <laughs> of children of mine you want to take. Let's name one specifically. Just kidding. Okay. Um, so, wow, we talked so long on every subject. It's just incredible. Okay. How There's many, me a lot of time to edit. Really. How many is too many abortions? Do we have a, a line? We need a line there. No. You don't think so? You can't. I mean, you can't. <clears throat> to me, that goes back again into a, a, I hate to keep bringing Hitler up, cause like, he, you know, but he's he's a he's a great example of a shitty human being. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of my go-to shitty human being guy. Let's have a, a show just called Shitty Human Beings. Okay. Yeah, well, I've got a list. Of course you do. <laughs> All right. But but it's in the book of George, chapter 18, Shitty Human Beings. All right. For those of you that care. No, seriously, it's kind of a welfare mom kind of discussion, in my opinion. It rings a lot of alarm bells. The liberal and progressive in me rings a lot of alarm bells when you say, well, how many is too many? Well, fuck, I don't know. I mean... If we say it's the woman's choice and if we put some kind of limit on what comfort level society believes they have in 24, 30, 28, you know, weeks, then I think we've prescribed enough. You know, you, you, you start prescribing the number. Well, what if, you know, what if a woman has some serious physical issues? I mean, that's like sterilizing mentally handicapped people. You know, that was some, that was a thing. Right. That was a thing, you know. And people agreed at some point as society matured in thought that that shouldn't be a thing. Okay. That's like burning witches. You know, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's just feels really arbitrary to me. So you have a young woman who comes into the clinic and she has had 11 abortions and she is, she's entitled to number 12. Okay. In my opinion. I disagree with that. Um, I just don't know how you. I, I I don't know how you can support choice and. I don't know I how mean, you put a number education. On it. I mean, I think I think you know should she be better educated? Is it society own part of that? I'm not trying to put all the blame on society. People are going to say, yeah, typical liberal. They want you know government to fix everything. No bullshit. I want education to fix everything. And George, I mean, everybody so, doesn't have access to that. And I mean, they should. But they should. You're right. So this woman should know, A, how she gets pregnant, B, how to prevent pregnancy, C, what her other options might be, D, the cost to society of her right. doing this. But at the end of the day, based on our monologues, there, be any limit. there can't be a limit. Okay. So that brings me to In my to opinion. That insurance. just seems too arbitrary to me. Okay. Okay. Insurance coverage. Right. So I'm part of a an insurance group that, you know, they kind of pay for their own insurance through this company, the way it works. So the less amount of people that get sick, the more productive the company, um, financially, from a financial standpoint, I don't want somebody working with my husband who's going to have 14 abortions that our insurance company is going to have to pay for. I'd rather pay for contraceptives which would be less expensive and less mm-hmm. harmful to her body right so what education okay again education 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 wellness 
one of the most effective tools at reducing healthcare costs, fact, are wellness programs. As a executive at a medium-sized company and as an executive at large companies in the past, I've been involved in choosing, helping choose, select, down-select, whatever you want to call it, um, insurance plans for our employees. And yeah, you, you get a printout every year that says, here's your new premium because you had this experience rate. And typically, it's your employees' family members that have the higher experience rate. Right. So that's kind of like saying, well, if, you know, Tammy's husband keeps getting cancer over and over again, what the fuck? We Should we fire Tammy? But, because he's a habitual cancer getter? But he can't I mean, stop the... There are no Maybe, preventatives yes, for that what if cancer. It's, what if it's lung cancer? What if he smoked for a long time and he was not educated that smoking causes cancer or wasn't helped with the discipline that it takes to stop an addictive behavior? Um, mental health and education, blah, blah, blah. I'll keep repeating these liberal themes. So to me, so liberal, you're correct that there is a cost to everything. Thank you very much. And we all bear that cost. Thank you very much. Yes. But there's ways to combat that cost without combating the symptom. I mean, as a nurse, you treat symptoms in a triage stabilization type of way, correct? correct? If somebody's bleeding, you put a tourniquet on it. Exactly. Now, you don't just leave the well, tourniquet on for a thousand years. Sometimes you just put pressure. Pressure, turn. Okay, you understand. You stem the bleeding. Right. You hope, or your expectation is, especially if you're in a hospital, that eventually a surgeon is going to show up and they're going to do something a little bit more permanent than a tourniquet to stem the bleeding. Right. Otherwise, the person is going to lose the limb or they're going to eventually bleed out anyway. A million other things can happen, right? Mm-hmm. So clots, blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is what you're talking about are, are, are triage symptom <clears throat> kind of solutions. Right. Okay. And not root cause surgical solutions. I'm looking for the root cause surgical solution. I'm looking for education. I'm looking for mental health. I'm looking for those kind of things that prevent the prevention. Okay. So the arteries never sliced to begin with. Right. But while we're working on getting that prevention and that's the solution, we have to stop the bleeding so the person can live. I mean, we right. have to have a line drawn that says, okay, this is our limit. This is absolutely our limit. We can't go beyond a certain amount. I feel uncomfortable at whatever amount of abortions because of A, well, insurance costs, and B. Then I think there should be a limit on the number of kids people could have. I don't actually believe that. I'm just throwing that back as a counter argument. The number of cars people should own because cars pollute. The internal combustion engine is the most disgusting invention of humankind, and it's destroyed Wait, our planet. Do you drive a car, George? Yes. And does it have an inc- internal combustion engine? Yes, it does, and I like oh. to fly, and they have them too. Okay. So All right. guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm just saying, in you know, I will be the first one to sign up for a solar airplane ride the next time there's a, a solar airplane flying to Not me. New Zealand. I'm, no, on, I'm I'll be happy to sit in first class on that motherfucker. You test that out. Um, I'm happy to be in first class so, in anything. I'm kidding. I really would fly on it if I could get first class because those drinks. Oh my gosh. Okay. So not to digress. I had apple juice. It was great. 
Yeah, I like vodka with my apple juice. Anyway. Okay, so um, we always so, digress because it's, it's a tough topic, so we go off topic. No, we're allowed. Especially it's, when we agree to disagree, we kind of we kind right, of veer right, off right. is what we happens. We don't like to argue so much. <laughs> I mean, we are we, we like to argue, we just disagree. don't like to. We definitely disagree on this. We disagree on this for on sure. This, on this number okay. thing. So let's move past that. Okay. And let's talk about, um, and this is going to, I know you're going to say education, 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 okay. which I agree about this, but let's talk but. about miscarriage rates post-abortion. Okay. So this is a big thing, and mm-hmm. it's a frustration. Right. Because, for one thing, that's another insurance cost. George is... A cost George to society. Is, right. Okay. Cost to society. George is looking at his computer because he's wondering how long we're going because we like talking to each other so much. Okay. Um, anyway, so let's talk about let's talk about the, the miscarriage rates, how you feel about that. Um, not just that, but... The effect that it has on a mother who I'm going to get emotional on this because this mother was in a bad situation the first time she was pregnant. She was in college. She was trying to finish her education. Right, and now she can't have the kids she's always wanted because, because she, she may have been damaged during the abortion. Right. right. So. Okay. I get it. So my response is that I think just with I've never had I've never had a medical procedure including stitches, including dental, basic dental stuff, where the risk haven't been explained to me. Now, I don't like the whole conservative view of forcing women to watch a video about abortion and showing them, you know, semi-live or dying embryo fetuses, babies, whatever, because that's just stupid, I think. It's cruel even. But it's a medical procedure. And just like any other medical procedure... Doctors and nurses typically try to do some education, and they they can do so objectively. They can do so without scaring the fuck out of you. They can do so without making you feel like a piece of shit. They can do so purely for informative reasons, okay? So if... Do you think if, at age 18, if, a woman can fully comprehend yes. versus when yes. she is 39? yes. You do? Absolutely. Okay. I know for a fact. Okay. Well, I can't say I know for a fact, statistically. Okay. But I have known, and I'm not, haven't been the father in these cases, I'm just saying. We don't want to know about known, all your fatherhood. I, I mean, I, I've, I know no, you have kids, but, be, but. Seriously, I've had friends who have been in this situation at a young age who fully understood the ramifications of potential future pregnancies based on the decision they were about to make. Okay. Now, maybe I somehow accidentally ran into a special breed of people, but like I said at the beginning of my monologue, women are so much, and this is statistically a fact, better at managing their own health than men are because you're all are so much more freaking mature. You just are. Guys are fucking little kids, man. We're I just, mean, I agree. You are kind of a kid. We're, ch- we're children. Us. We're just children with lots of hair. So, no, again, I have a little faith. What the fuck with this shit, man? You're being native <laughs> Nancy over you. there, and I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Embracing Humanity. What the fuck? Okay, this shit's so. got to stop. Do do something to turn my ass around. Okay, no, shit. actually, I'm going to make you even I'm more. I'm going to force your statement on this. I'm going to make you really, really. Um, I'm not saying you're going to ever talk me into one thing or another because I'm pretty set on my views. But so there is a punishment for tampering with the uh, eggs of animals who are close to extinction and there's debate about okay so why why do we go to prison or face fines for 
uh, killing these unborn babies, yet it's legal for us to do it to human lives are, you know, is the life of an unborn bald eagle more important than the life of a human? Okay, so I can't speak specifically about bald eagles today. I know they were on the let's just say, critical list, but so, just, let's just, just say critical a, a, criti- a critical animal, all right? In general. I would say unequivocally, yes. The critical animal is exceptionally more important than one human, because humans are Whoa. fucking far. You're going to get comments for that, George. But humans, say it again for me. Okay. A critically endangered animal is, without exception... A bajillion times more important than a single human being. Okay. Okay. But what if that one human being had the answer to solve the problems for that one particular? They don't. Oh, okay. That's not how how problem solving works. Problem solving is collaborative. Science is collaborative. Even Einstein, I mean, everybody thinks he was a a one-off. He collaborated with a lot of really, really smart people, and he stood on the shoulders of giants. I mean, he would have gotten nowhere without Maxwell and some other people. So, no. So I'm going to summarize I, your... I, I refuse to buy that argument. That's a bullshit argument. Save the and bird, kill the kid. I'm going to no, put that in the book of that's, George. That's, but that's not what I said. I don't want to kill it the kid or said. the bird. If I had My personal choice would be to kill neither. <laughs> but I have to come down on the side of the endangered species because unfortunately, now you're getting the real my real view of humans out. Unfortunately, humans are not on the seriously extinct list yet. We're trying to put ourselves there. We're doing everything we can to put ourselves there. But we're no, seriously, I, I think it's a false equivalency. I think it's a bad argument. I just think it's crap. The, the two things have nothing to do with each other. I think it's, I, I think they have it's just nothing still to do with each other. A life has to do with a life, but we can agree to disagree on that. Did you know that cows make friends with each other for life? Okay, anyway, let's move on. Did you know cows are one of the stupidest animals I've <laughs> what, ever interacted with in my life? What determines anyway. life, George? He is thinking so hard. And I, the reason I'm saying that is so there's not a lot of blank space. Guys, literally, his eyeballs are going like from left to right, left to right. He's really thinking hard about this. Well, in general, I believe scientists have tried to define what is life because they try to create it in the lab and then they fail and they're like, well, what the fuck? So how do we define this? So it's got to be something that is autonomous. It has to be able to metabolize something in its environment, convert something into energy. So scientific. Okay, keep going. And reproduce. So it's not life if it can't reproduce? No. It's not a living being if it can't reproduce? Well, if it doesn't have the general design capacity. I mean, yeah, there are failures. I mean... You can be alive. You're getting comments for this too, but keep going because that way more people will be interested in what you're saying. I'm not saying you're a failure if you can't have kids. That's not what I said. There are failures. It's ability. Right. It's a capability issue. There are failures in the mechanism. Okay. Human bodies are just machines. We'll have that. When we talk about atheism, we'll have, we can have that whole discussion about people are just mechanical things. Okay. We're going we're gonna to save that okay. for later. We're just a bag of bones, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And birds are better. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Especially crows. But anyway. Or those that are ready to become yeah. extinct. Save the bald um, eagles. Okay, let me get back on track. I'll probably edit all that out. No, don't so, edit it. It's fun. What, what determines it? life? What determines life? I told you. Metabolism, autonomy, reproduce, re- reproduction. It's hard to have this conversation with somebody with your beliefs because for me, life is so much more than 
physical. Yeah, but you're talking about human life. You're talking about the fucking bullshit that goes on in your brain. See, our brains have evolved to the point where we're all narcissistic weirdos. And my dog doesn't sit around and contemplate life. You don't think so? Fuck no. Mine does. He sits around and contemplates whether he's going to lick his ass or lick my (laughs) face. And he doesn't really contemplate it. He kind of just reacts to whatever impulse happens to fire randomly through his brain. So I love my dog, but fuck no, he doesn't fucking contemplate life. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. Your first child. My first biological child? Your first biological child. All right. You went with your significant other. You got the ultrasound and you heard the heartbeat. Okay. Was that life? It was the promise of life. Hmm. We'll agree to disagree. Okay. And we'll move on to the next question because we can get into religion on that one, but we won't. We're going to save that for the next podcast maybe or another one sometime. Um, Okay. So let's talk about um, as far as um, the abortion issue. Alex, I love you just in case you ever listen to this. (laughs) Okay. Availability of contraceptives. If we're going to talk so much about abortion, we have to bring up contraception. And, you know, if we're saying that we have an issue with abortion, we draw a line or we don't draw a line or we want education, education, education. So does that mean that we pass out condoms in middle school? Does that mean we start our sixth graders on um, oral birth control? What does that what does that mean for you? The availability of contraceptives and the education. Okay, well, I hate to be boring and talk about well, we my, know you're going to be, George. You know, my whole, you know, is there a legal implication? What does it mean to be an adult, make decisions, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So simplistically. That was my water bottle creaking. I'm so sorry, George. And there's a giant eye roll. Please do not edit this out because I want everybody to know that George really gets mad at me if I make any sound at all. So, and he was thinking really hard about this topic and I totally got him off track, which makes me giggle because, you know. It's fun to get somebody so smart off track. God damn it. <laughs> Contraceptives. And she, she repeats it as if I forgot what we were talking about, which I kind of actually did. Um, I knew he did. So, so contraceptives. Yes. I mean, again, I fuck God damn it. Education. <laughs> At some point in somebody's life, and everybody's a little bit different, but we have to, again, you know, draw a line, blah, 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 whatever, group people together arbitrarily decide that at some point kids are old enough to start to learn where babies come from. So the first step in contraception, I believe, is understanding how the plumbing works. Right. Because if you don't understand that, then you have a hell of a chance of conceiving by accident. Right. So when's an appropriate time to do? Sooner the better. I mean, one of my policies is kind of be careful what lies you tell the kids because they will bite you in the ass. That uh, is not the kids, the lies. That is the true. Kids still make the kids but, do yeah, too. Right. Um, Depends on if they're hungry or not. Kids are pretty fucking smart, right? I mean, I've had some fairly adult conversations with my five-year-old grandson. I've had some fairly adult conversations with my five and six and seven-year-old kids when they were that age. So they they don't know everything, but they know way more. They don't probably if you. For most people, especially people that maybe not have had five kids and five grandkids like me, and I'm not trying to like tout that too much, but it's a fact. He's touting it. He's proud. I'm very proud. They're very precious, too. The ones I've met, I love. Yeah, well, okay. The other ones are pretty good, too. Okay. 
I got him off track. And that's the whole point of this podcast. For fuck's sakes. So (laughs) at some point, you know, okay, what I was saying was, so if people that aren't as familiar maybe with children as I am, if you're around a kid and you have this predisposition to what their level of capability of understanding is, multiply it by like a thousand and you're like close. Okay. They're okay. way better than, and you know this, you have kids. Right. They're way the fuck smarter than you give them credit for most of the time. Absolutely. They're also way more manipulative. That's how, <sighs> they, that's how they survive. That's their survival instinct. Terribly so. No, but it's their survival instinct. That's the only way they can get the shit they need. They're not going to get a fucking job at age four, but they're going to get every goddamn thing they can get every, materialistically. Every Pokemon right. item oh, in oh, existence. Food, clothing, doesn't yes. matter. It's That's how they survive. At some point, pretty early, kids can deal with where do babies come from discussion. And I think, again, people get all caught up in their shorts, whether it's religion or morality or, oh my God, they're going to start having sex once they learn. No. But at this Kids age, Kids start just... having sex when their hormones kick in. So it has nothing to do- biological with... information. Yeah, right. It's just like, it's like showing them the instruction manual to the lawnmower. Right. It's the same fucking thing. It's don't just... get near the blades, you're going to get chopped, but I don't want you cutting the grass yet. Exactly. Because you're, because too you're young. not, you're too, right. You're not mature enough to understand the implications of- Improper grass cutting. God, right. what a great analogy to having <laughs> sex. So my penis just shrank. <laughs> uh, sorry about of, that, John There's not Deere. a lot of room. I was going to say, there's not a lot of room for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so be careful who's, who's lawn you mow. Um, <laughs> do you have a riding mower or a push mower, George? That's what I want to know. I do it the old fashioned way. The old push mowers, the ones that you know had the little little flywheel. Right. That we went, have one of those at our house. So I'm going to tell you that my kids know about the lawnmower and the blades, and they are allowed to cut the grass. Okay. Because we give them the tool that will not hurt them. There you go. So bringing that back to contraceptives. So yes, the more the merrier. Education, education, education. It's but we didn't talk. We still didn't answer the question about giving out con, uh, condoms yes. and yes. So we're going to give them out in middle school. Well, I don't. I, sure. Okay. Do middle school kids have sex these days? Where have you been living? I mean, are you under a rock? Well, I mean, or? what's middle school? I don't even know what that is. Okay, so it's like junior high, maybe you used to call it. Okay. Yes. So hormones kick in around fifth grade. Right. And Twelve middle school years old. is six. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes. condoms yes. are yes. okay yes. and oral contraceptives are okay. Yes. To give out. Yes. To kids. Yes. And we're not enabling them by giving them these. No. Okay. Your opinion. Uh, my opinion is abstinence doesn't work. <clears throat> oh, I know that's true. It's a very, very true fact. Doesn't matter whether it's sex, alcohol, drugs, driving fast, seatbelts. I could go down the entire list of things my kids have either done and got caught at or been arrested for, and abstinence, no. Okay. So, I mean, and I agree with that. Education and prevention. I agree with that, and I think that as far as the preventative measures, I think that's parent choice um, to determine the the age that your child should be ready for that. Um, Because if somebody handed one of my kids something and I wasn't ready for them to have that yet, I'd be ticked off. Um, okay, so. Well, yeah, I'm not saying just randomly pass out condoms at, at middle health, school. At health ed but, class. But if you know your kid's going to a middle school and at a certain grade, condoms are going to be passed out in November of that school year, then you have some decisions and choices to make or whatever. Either they're going to skip the day with the, yeah, whatever. With the cucumber right, of the right, demonstration yeah, right, or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> final, final question here. Is there an alternative? Is there any other option 
is there any other way to solve the problem than to say we have to remove a human life? What What's the alternative? Do we have any? Again, I'll come right back to education and cost. I mean, I think that if you if you believe that humans are capable of learning, or if humans are able to modify their behaviors. But are they motivated? Are they motivated to do it? All those things, you know, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that they aren't. Right. Global warming is a great example. Um, I st- I'm, we're drinking out of plastic water bottles right now, which will get us a lot of negative comments. I'm okay? sorry. So we're killing the planet as we sit here sorry. talking about saving lives that don't even aren't even lives maybe yet, depending on your point of view. Yet we're definitely contributing to the death of the planet as we sit here. So we're we're just as hypocritical as all those people we point fingers at. Absolutely. Now that we've owned our hip- hypocrisy, we can move on. The to me, it comes again fundamentally back to you don't outlaw something that you want to go away. You fix it by changing people's attitudes, by changing society. The answer is change the culture. Right? And does our culture don't stand go a fix- chance to be changed? I mean, do you really think we can change our culture on this? Can we? Absolutely. Do we have the capability, the willpower, the discipline? Will we? The answer is absolutely no. Okay. okay. There's, there's two different things. There's capability and then there's the probability. Okay. Right. So we do, do humans have the capacity to be kinder, gentler, abortion-free, yet not give up any freedoms or any cost, significant cost to society? The answer is absolutely yes. We have that capability. We have the mental and physical capability to make that happen. Right. Do I believe we ever will? The answer is absolutely no, because that's not how we're wired. People, our, our societies and our cultures have evolved faster than we have physically and mentally and emotionally evolved. So on a physical, mental, and emotional level, we are still cave people. I just think that Humans have to kind of learn to accept who we really are. And part of who we really are are some some fucking cave people, man. So to summarize it in a hell of a lot less words. Yeah. We are not advanced enough to have a true alternative. So for now, we're going to stop the bleeding. Sure. With abortion. Good show. Good show. Be kind to yourself. Thank you for listening to Talk and Turns. Music's been provided by Mr. Scruffy. Some photography has been provided by Photographs by Andrea. Please visit our website at www.talkinturns.com. That's www.talkinturns.com. Talking Turns is copyrighted. Any use of this material requires the expressed written consent of George Knapp. Opinions expressed on Talking Turns are solely those of the speaking participants. These opinions do not in any way reflect the beliefs or opinions of our sponsors, associates, employers, or other individuals associated with this broadcast. Again, thanks for listening, and be kind to yourself.